Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Well, good morning. It's so good to see you here with us today. And we're just believing that God is going to uh, use this time that we have together to produce fruit in us. Amen. Anybody ever felt like you got up on a Sunday morning and, and the enemy began to battle you immediately on a Sunday morning? Yeah, that, that was us this morning. We woke up, I walk in the laundry room and there's water standing in our laundry room. So we had our own flood, the flood of 2020. What else could happen in 2020, right? So uh, it's been an interesting morning to say the least, but I'm glad you're here. Um, hopefully you were here last week. If you were not here last week, can I encourage you strongly, strongly, strongly to go back and watch and listen to what we dealt with last week. We're going to pick it up from there, but we had an incredible move of the Holy Spirit last week and just encourage you to go back and listen. I think it's a timely word. It's interesting to me how God orchestrates all this in advance. So um, last week I mentioned that uh, the load had become way too heavy to bear. After 430 years of slavery, the children of Israel... Uh, come to this place in their own life and experience where they cry out for deliverance. I would submit to you, as I did last week, that we too are in a very similar circumstance where the cry for deliverance is beginning to raise and rise up again in us. Uh, the only problem is, is that an old preacher by the name of Vance Havner probably said it best when he said this. He said, the tragedy of our time is that the situation is desperate, but the saints are not. I, I, should I just put the mic down and say you're dismissed right there? The, our situation is desperate, but a lot of times we lag behind and we're not as desperate as we should be. And so last week I challenged you that we must once again allow desperation, not despair, not disappointment, not disillusionment, not despondency, not delinquency. We must allow despair to, or not despair, but desperation to rise up again in us so that we come to this place where we cry out to God and say, God, we are desperate for deliverance. The reason that is important is what I showed you last week is that in Exodus chapter 2, the Bible says that when the children of Israel became desperate and they cried out to God, that the cry of their desperation ascended to God and he heard them and he took action. See, I've learned something over the years. I've, I've learned that the one prayer that God will always respond to is a very simple one word prayer. And here it is, help. Anytime we cry out and ask God to help us, he responds to us. And that's where we are today. We need him to take action. Here is the issue. I, I want us to become desperate because I know that God will respond but in that response, out of God's response, there is a dilemma that is created that we have to address, that we have to navigate in order for us to find freedom. Now, when we talk about freedom, a lot of times uh, we fail in our, because we're sitting in a, in a group setting. We fail to apply it to our own life. So I don't know where you need freedom. Maybe you need freedom from self-sabotage. Maybe you need freedom from depression. Maybe you need freedom from anxiety. Maybe you need freedom from fear. Maybe you're addicted to something. Maybe you need freedom from the chains of prejudice. Maybe you need freedom from gluttony. Maybe it's anger. I don't know. But whatever area of your life where you need freedom, that's the area I'm talking about. All right? So let's apply it personally. Where do you need freedom? 
Because for, in order for us to find freedom, true freedom, Jesus said that he came to give us life, life more abundantly. The, the word teaches us where the spirit of the Lord is. There's freedom, right? All this stuff that we tell, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So if he longs for us to have freedom, then, then it is imperative for us to learn how to navigate the dilemmas that are caused by our need for deliverance. And so here it is. I, th this is one of the dilemmas. Last week we talked about the dilemma that we need to be desperate. This week I want us to talk about this, uh, this dilemma because this may be one of the hardest, uh, it's at least in the top two, one of the hardest dilemmas that we must learn how to navigate. But it's essential to put this one dilemma to rest if we're going to find freedom. So here's what I've learned. The fact is that in order for most people to be free, they have to be led out of bondage. Have you noticed in your own life, let me just talk about me. I, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. Let's talk about me. Sounds like a song. Let's, let's talk about me. I, I, I just noticed in my own life that left to my own devices and left to my own comfort zones, I will drift towards bondage rather than freedom. Anybody? Okay, I'm the only one. Okay, I need a couch this morning. I'll confess. I drink. Come on, y'all. When we're left to our own devices, nobody holding us accountable, nobody saying there's more out there, nobody saying it can be a bit different than it is right now, we have this tendency that we spiral towards bondage and chains. So we'll make these short forays into freedom and into desperation. And then what happens is when the pain of our slavery rises to the service, surface, we, we want to cry out to God. But then when we begin to see him respond and we begin to taste a little bit of freedom here and a little bit of freedom there, then apathy rises back up. Complacency takes back over. Distraction, unwillingness to pay the price rises back up in our life. And we will shrink back into chains and into bondage and into complacency. That's why in Hebrews chapter 10... Verse 24 and 25, the writer says this. He says, consider how we may spur, we ought to understand that as Oklahoma folks, spur one another on to, to, uh, con, uh, to, toward love and good do deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all that, all the more as you see the day approaching. Anybody see the day approaching? Uh, the, the writer is basically saying this. You need somebody to get in your business and spur you aggravate you. Come on, anybody ever seen a cowboy with spurs? It, it's, it's great for the cowboy. Not so great for the horse, right? I mean, he's digging them in, trying to get him to comply, trying to get him to go faster. The writer uses that term on purpose. We are to spur. You need somebody in your life that's digging their heels into your sides saying, wait a minute, you're bound in this area. You should be free. You're, you're struggling in this area. There's more out there. You've given up in this area. There's more out there. You need somebody that will spur you. Come on, touch your neighbor if you're not scared to and say, I'm the spur in your life. Come on, tell him. I, I, I feel called to be a spur. Yeah, some of y'all are not happy about that right now. Um, we must be spurred. We must be pushed. We must be drugged sometime out of our despair. We must be kicked out of our comfort. So let me state this very clearly before we talk about this dilemma. I want to define for you, this is my own definition, not something I found, just my own definition, so you can take it or leave it, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, I think I'm right, so I'm going I'm to share it with you. 
Here's my definition of a deliverer. A deliverer is someone who is divinely appointed, who's unwilling to settle in anything less than the fullness of the promise that God has for us. These individuals are willing to pay any price to get us to freedom. So now let's go back to the story. Exodus chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. We're going to read down through verse 4. And then we're going to go to verse 7 and read through verse 10. Meet me there in Exodus, if you will. It says this, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb and the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Verse 7. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery. Here he, anytime he sees desperate people, he responds, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. Look, he's concerned about your suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and all the otherites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my, my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Let me just remind you of a few things. Moses, born as an Israelite baby in bondage, rescued by the Pharaoh's daughter out of the Nile, now lives his life in the palace of Egypt, He's, not, he's neither Egyptian nor is he, is, is he Israeli. He's stuck in the middle somewhere, right? So he's walking through the kingdom one day and he sees an Egyptian taskmaster beating an Israeli slave and he intervenes and kills the Egyptian and hides him in the sand. The next day he walks out and he sees an Israeli slave beating another Israeli slave and he steps in and tries to intervene and the Israeli apparently saw what happened the day before and he confronts Moses and said, are you here to kill me too? So you've got this guy that's stuck in the middle. He's rejected by the Egyptians. He's rejected by the Israelis, right? So, so that's where he's at. So he begins to, he flees because he's afraid that Pharaoh's going to kill him. You pick the story back up where I read and he's on the backside of the desert watching the sheep of the guy who will become his father-in-law. And he has this encounter that we know as the burning bush, right? So here it is. I want you to stay with me. I'm getting ready to share. Here's how this works. Israel cries out to God for deliverance in chapter 2. And God speaks to Moses in chapter 3. Okay, you missed it. Israel cries out for deliverance and God speaks to Moses. You missed it again. Israel cries out for deliverance, and God speaks to Moses. And over and over and over again throughout the entirety of Scripture, 
this process is repeated. Leading us to the very first dilemma that we face when we begin to talk about deliverance today. And that is this. God uses surrogates. You say, what does that have to do with me? Well, okay. In every account that follows, including the coming of Christ, in the Gospels, it reveals to us that God always works through representatives. This created an issue and a dilemma for the Israelites, and here it is, because they could not recognize the deliverer that God had sent to them. So when he shows up, they reject him. And it's repeated in the New Testament. Jesus shows up as the deliverer, the son of God, the one that will save his people from their sins, the one that will rescue them, the one that will bring them back to prominence, the one that will set things right, and they reject him. We say, that's just Bible. We do the same thing. We do the same thing. See, we cry out to God for help. We want freedom, but we also want God, here it is, we want God to speak directly to us about how I can be free. And instead, God uses representatives in our life. And what we fail to understand is that almost always when we cry out to God, he's already talking to our deliverer. Okay, it's real quiet here. See, we expect God to send a deliverer after we're trapped. But most of the time... God's already beginning to talk to our deliverer before we ever get in trouble. See, I can prove that to you. God positions a deliverer before we're trapped. Uh, the, 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 the perfect example is Joseph, again, in dealing with Egypt. In Psalm chapter 105, verse 16 and 17, it says this. Speaking about God, he called down famine on the land and destroyed all their supplies of food. And he sent a man before them. Joseph sold as a slave. So God has this tendency that while we're here crying out, we need deliverance. We need to be free. He's already working way before we got to the place we are right now, setting up a deliverer. Our problem is we can't recognize the deliverer when he shows up. So some of, see, some of you are waiting for freedom to show up, but freedom goes before you ever got trapped. You just haven't been able to, 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 to come to this place where I'm willing to recognize. See, our issue is that we have a hard, hard, hard time identifying our deliverer. So when Moses shows up on the scene, we tend to reject him and put him off. How many of us have rejected deliverance because we didn't like the, deri- the, the deliverer that deliverance showed up in? Okay, you're going, I don't understand. Well, let me just like, like, let me say it like this. Sister, could it be that while you're in your prayer closet praying for God to deliver you, could it just be that he sent deliverance through the husband that's been telling you that he has a word for God for you, but you don't like the package it's in, so you reject? Ooh, that went over huge. This one will be better. Hey, dude, could it be that while you're screaming for deliverance, that your wife actually had the ability to hear from God, and he's given her a word that would set set you free and set your marriage free and change everything in your life, but because you're unwilling to deal with the the envelope, the vessel, that you reject deliverance? 
in turn? Teenagers, could it be that while you're screaming, oh, I, I need you to deliver me, God. I've got self-image problems. I've got self-esteem problems. I, I don't know how to, how to handle it. Could it be that God's already sent parents who've been through what you've already gone, what already been through what you're going through now, and they're giving you words of wisdom and life, but you just summarily dismiss them because you're, they're your parents, and that old dude doesn't know what he's talking about, and that cranky old lady doesn't know what she's talking about. I wish they'd leave me alone. Could it be that you actually have a deliverer living in your house right now, but because you have a tendency to fail to recognize them, you fail to be delivered? Could it be, church folks, that while you're waiting on God to free you, He set a deliverer right next to you, and I know you don't like the way they worship, and I know you don't like the clothes they wore to church on Sunday, and you don't like what they drove up in, and you're not your favorite person, but could it be that God set somebody next to you week after week after week, and they've got a word from God for you, but you fail to be delivered simply because you fail to recognize the deliverer that God sent to you? See, uh, I, I wonder, I, I just wonder, is, is it possible that maybe our prayers need to shift and maybe we need to quit praying for deliverance and begin to pray for our deliverer instead? Maybe, maybe we need to pray for ourselves and say, God, help me to, to have this ability, this discernment to be able to recognize and see who my deliverer really is because I've learned something. I've learned that deliverance is not really about release. It's about revelation. When I come to this place where I can have a revelation of who my deliverer is, then I'm willing to allow God to say something to me, speak something to me, use somebody in my life because God uses surrogates, representatives. How many times does freedom, how many times does breakthrough, how many times does revolution show up in a package we can't digest? Could it be that our freedom will come packaged in a different color? Could it be that it will come through a different sound? Could it be that our deliverance will come through a different volume than we like? Could it be that our deliverance could be right here in the room right now, but we want to dismiss them because they have freckles, meaning they're young? Or could it be that we dismiss our deliverer because they have wrinkles and they're old? Could it be that, that we continue to leave rejected rescuers in our wake time and time again, and God keeps sending people to us and sending representatives to us and sending Moseses to us, and we summarily dismiss them and we refuse to listen. And as we refuse to identify and listen, we also refuse freedom. The second thing I want you to hear me say is that not only do we struggle to identify our deliverer, here's the other thing I've, I've underst I understand when it comes to deliverers. Deliverance is usually derailed by our preferences. See, the children of Israel, after enduring harsh bondage for 430 years, they almost missed deliverance because of, here's an interesting word, their druthers. They would rather not, that's a weird word, but they would rather not follow Moses. They, they would, he was one of them, but he wasn't one of them. And then not on top of that, he had another issue. He had this thing, the, the, this, this personal issue. So we don't want to follow him because we don't know if we can trust him. And we're not sure if he's one of us or one of them. But then he's got this other issue. He stutters. So we can't follow him. I've noticed that we like perfect deliverers. 
But Moses wasn't perfect. But let me tell you what he was. He was placed and he was present. Some of us want perfect deliverers, but God typically sends people who are flawed but favored. And if we could ever get past our own personal preferences, I need you to send me a white deliverer. I need you to send me a black deliverer. I need you to send me a brown deliverer. I need you to send me a deliverer that sounds like T.D. Jakes when he talks. I, I, I need you to send me a man deliverer. I need you to send me a woman deliverer. Okay, come on, y'all. The, 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 we, we struggle with our, our own preferences, and our own preferences derail deliverance because we want God to do it our way. Newsflash, this is not Burger King. You seldom get it your way in the kingdom of God. And, and then here's the other issue, is that this preference thing is a two-way street. It's a two-way dilemma. Because some of you don't prefer the deliverer God has sent you, but there are others of you sitting here that I need to address because you don't want to be a deliverer. Your preference is, I just want to come and worship and go home and mind my business. Don't mess with me. Don't give me a word for anybody. I, I, I don't want to have to intervene. I, I, why do you keep messing with me? My dad and I had this conversation all the time. God, why do you keep messing with me? Why do I have to be the one to stand up? Why do I have to be the one to say anything? Why do I... Some of y'all, your preference of being timid and your preference of being anonymous and your preference of minding your own business is causing you to not step up to be the deliverer that God has called you to be. We addressed that in January when we talked about that we must move from sheep to shepherd. There are people in your life that will not experience deliverance until you step up. And you're going to have to come out of your preferences for that to happen. See, here's what I need you to understand. If you miss everything else, please hear this this morning, and then I'll get out of your way. I am convinced that our preferences have become our strongest prison. So that now, when God begins to move, and God decides that he's going to actually respond to our cry for deliverance, we allow our preferences to get in the way. <clears throat> so... I've learned this. You get to choose deliverance. But you don't get to choose how you're delivered. Can I say that one more time? You get to choose whether or not you want to be delivered. But you don't get to choose how you're delivered. See, I, 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 I'm concerned that we let our preferences get in the way of our freedom. So what we want to do is we want to pick the soundtrack for our freedom. I can only be free if they sing that one song. And if they sing anything else, I, first of all, I don't like anything else they sing, and I don't like the people that wrote it either. That's a whole different deal. It's got to be in the book. And if there's not a book, I can't be free. It's got to be on the screen. If it's not on the screen, I can't be free. It's got to have some beat to it. It can't be old. If it's like, oh, it's, if it's past 1998, it's too old for me. It won't help me a lick. It can't be new because I don't know the words. We want to pick the soundtrack. 
Don't look at me. I know what I'm talking about. I see this happen all over the planet right now. Everybody up in arms about it. It's got to be this, got to be that. You want to pick the right song. Listen, what if he wants to set you free from a, a hymn that was written in the 1800s? What if he wants to set you free from a song that was written last week? We want to pick the soundtrack. We, we want to pick the, the travel partners. I want them to look like me, act like me, dress like me, worship like me, talk like me. Oh, y'all quiet this morning. We want to pick the path. I will only let you deliver me if you will do it this way. And then when he deviates from that path and takes you a different path, your preferences keep you imprisoned. You want to pick whether you're the follower or the leader. And our desire for control keeps us constrained. And I just need this, I need you to hear me. I've said this to you before, but I need you to hear me this morning. You have a choice to make this morning. You can either be free or you can be in control. But you can't be both. Some of you are sitting next to your deliverer right now, but because they have issues or because they don't fit your preconceived ideas of what Moses should look like, sound like, act like, you dismiss relationship with them. I'm so t- I'm so tired of preaching about the fact that God sends people into our lives to help us to be free, and yet we continue in bondage because we continue to run people out of our lives that He sent to us because we don't like them. I don't care whether you like them. This is not a personality contest. They may get on your everlast nerve. But we're called to spur. You throw their advice away as if it was them talking. You refuse to follow their lead when their lead could be the actual roadmap out of bondage that you've been in for years. They come alongside you and they say, quit spending so much. Get out of my business. I don't want to, I don't need you to tell me what to do. Maybe you do. You need to quit talking like that. Hey, I can say what I want to. First Amendment, buddy. You dismiss them and they were your Moses. Quit typing in what you're typing in. You're a stumbling block to people. Don't mess with me. My feed is my own deal. You have no right to deal with it. It's my page. It is, but so is your prison. No wonder nobody will follow you anywhere. You keep posting junk on your Facebook. Listen, this is not about your preference. This is about pardon. This is about being free. So, listen, I'm concerned for some of you because I've watched some of you. We've been together a while now, some of us. And I see some of you, you've been in the same prison, chained and in bondage almost the entire time we've been in relationship. For some of you, that's a decade. That's hard to believe. 
For some of you, that's five years. For some of you, that's three. And what I'm learning is that the reason we continue to fight the same change and stay bound by the same change is because, number one, we can't identify our deliverer. And we, when somebody steps up and speaks into our life, we get angry. We dismiss them. We cut them off. We defriend them, unfriend them. We won't pick up the phone. We block them. And it was God trying to use them. Or our preferences get in the way. I only would go free if somebody, or I, I'm the one that's supposed to speak up to them and I won't do it. This isn't about desire, it's about deliverance. It's time to agree. Here we got to come to this conclusion right now. It's time to agree that we will cooperate with whatever method and whatever messenger God chooses to use if they will march us out of bondage. So you don't get to dictate deliverance. You get to participate in deliverance. So my prayer for you this morning is simply this. Two, two, two prayers. Number one, I'm praying that you will get some spiritual insight and you will begin, your antennas will go up, your spiritual antennas and you will begin to identify the deliverers that God has sent into your life. I guarantee you, guarantee you, that if you've been crying out in desperation, God, I need help. God, I need you to set me free. God, I don't want it to always be like this. God, I don't want to be in bondage. God, I'm tired of these chains. God, I'm tired of being addicted. God, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of this happening in my life over and over again. God, I'm tired of this cycle. I guarantee you that if you're crying out like that, that God has already responded and most likely he's already positioned a deliverer in your life. And so my prayer is simply this this morning. Would your antennas, please let our antennas go up so that we can spot the Moseses in our life and we won't dismiss them summarily. And second, I'm praying that you'll get over yourself. What does that mean? You'll move past your own preferences and even if deliverance comes packaged in a different sound, a different look, a different style, a different thing that you don't like, even if you don't like it, you love deliverance more than you dislike the deliverer. That's my prayer. I'm going to pray for you just like that this morning. Father, I pray in Jesus' name right now that you would speak to every person under the sound of my voice and those watching at home on the internet. God, I pray that you would begin to, 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 to allow our spiritual antennas to become tuned to what you're doing. Your word declares that before we're ever even in bondage, you set people in place to help us go free. So, so Father, I'm just praying right now, if we are in bondage of any kind, and I know some of us are, I know there are people in this room right now that are bound by debt. I know there are people in this room right now that are, are, that are wrapped up in the chains of depression. I know that there are people in this room right now that are wrapped up in the chains of despair. I know that there are people in this room right now that are wrapped up in fear and anxiety. There are others that are wrapped up in sickness and stress. That It's like they're in prison. So Father, I pray in Jesus' name right now that you would allow our spiritual antennas to be tuned to you and we would begin to look around and we would begin to identify and recognize the deliverers that you've sent into our life. And I pray that instead of being put off by 
that delivers issues or our own preferences that instead we would quit dismissing the voice of God that's coming out of them. God, I pray for husbands that have been ignoring their wife. And I pray for wife, wives that have been ignoring their husband. God, I pray for parents that have been ignoring the voice of their children because we believe you can speak through children too. God, I pray for children that have been ignoring the, the voice of parents. And I pray for church folks who have been ignoring the people sitting next to them right now because they're not sure that person could ever hear from God. I pray that what you would do right now, God, is that you would allow us let the scales fall off of our eyes and we would recognize that sitting next to us, rubbing shoulders with us, speaking to us in the lobby, waving at us in the parking lot, are people that you have positioned in our lives as Moseses. They could help us go free if we would simply identify them. Father, I pray that you would break us out of the chains of preferences. And we give you, we give you permission today to set us free. That's an audacious prayer. That's a big prayer. That's a challenging prayer. Because we give you permission to set us free any way you want to set us free. Whether we like the way you do it or not. Whether we like the path, whether we like the travel partners, whether we like the soundtrack, whether we like anything about it. What we are, we are so desperate to go free that we will take that freedom any way you want to serve it up. We'll quit fighting you and putting our preferences on the throne of our life. And instead, we will position you there and say, God, hear our cry. We're desperate for freedom. We just want to be free. We just want to be free. And we'll take that freedom any way you want to serve it up. I pray today, Father, that over the folks that have listen intently I pray that maybe this time this time we've talked about this before but maybe this time we will embrace the fact that you use representatives that you've positioned people in our lives that they are the mouthpiece that you use to speak truth to us and I pray that we would embrace that truth and we would march right into the freedom and the goodness and the favor and the blessings and the promise and the destiny that you have for us. Set us free, we pray. In Jesus' name, we ask. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Would you do this with me? Would you say this out loud on the count of three? I want to be free. One, two, three. One, two, three. Now I want to be free. Again, one, two, three. I want to be free. Now can I change it on you? Any way you set me free, I want to be free. One, two, three. Any way you set me free, I want to be free. My prayer for you this week is that you... It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 